Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. This is the Big Fight Preview. I'm your host, Sean, joined as always by Johnston for this weekend's fight between Joe Cordina and Edward Vasquez in Monte Carlo. And this is the fight of the weekend that we are covering. We're looking forward to it after seeing a really fantastic fight between Oshaki Foster and Rocky Hernandez this past weekend just gone. It now leads us nicely into this fantastic fight in the super featherweight division, which actually I think is going to be a little bit more exciting than maybe what people think it could be. And we're going to talk about both fighters, of course. We know Joe very well because we've watched him. We've watched him through the Olympics. We've watched his professional career. We've watched him win a world title and had it stripped from him, then win it back and have a really good fight with Rakimov in his last fight. And then we've also got Edward Vasquez, who's challenging for this title, who actually is also a really, really good fighter. And I think the style of Vasquez will really blend well with Cordina's and potentially produce a, a really good fight, won't it, Johnston? Yeah, I think he will. Look, this guy's uh, he's no he's not really he's no joke basically, Edwin Vasquez. Uh, Edward, I call him Edwin straight away. Look, Edward Vasquez, yeah, American fella. I mean, the one defeat on his record, the Raymond Full fight is a fight that I have seen. And um guys, if you ain't seen it, can have a look and tell me if you don't think he, he beats Ford. I'm not quite sure what the judges were thinking that night. Uh for me he's an absolute winner, much more the aggressor. Full fight fight on the back foot. I think he underestimated him. Um look, he's not a big puncher. I think that's the one thing for Cordina to look at. Uh, Vasquez doesn't hit very hard but he's relentless he's a switch hitter as well he's not frightened to come forward and throw some punches so with that respect um, Cordina's got to be careful we don't get outworked I think when you look at this fight with Cordina like we've seen I think the Rakimov fight was where we've seen the best of him That that's my opinion I don't know what other people's thoughts are on it but I think that's where we've seen 
the best of him. I think people think about the Kenichi Ogawa fight and think because he knocked him out in the second round, that like that's his best performance. It wasn't his best performance. It was a, it was a really good shot and it ended the fight early. It was the Rakimov fight for me that that I thought was his best performance because it was it was close. It was a difficult fight for him. It was adversity in the fight at times he put Rakimov down in the second round and then you kind of thought he was on a one-way ticket to to winning that fight but Rakimov came back really well and put a lot of pressure on Joe Cardina who had to fight on the back foot at times and I think when we look at Vasquez he's a similar fighter to Rakimov and he, he comes in in similar styles he comes in similar lines he, he throws combinations he works from the head to the body you know, he, he likes to, to to switch it quite a lot throughout the course of the fights. One of the danger punches I've noticed with him is is an overhand right. And, and when I say danger punch, it's more so that I've seen him land that quite a few times on other opponents. However, his record doesn't suggest that these are big enough punches to, to maybe hurt someone like a Cordina who's been in there with big punches himself. So I, I, there's a danger there. Of course there is, because any one punch could hit you in the wrong place at the right time and that's it it's, it's game over as it happened to Agawa of course when, when Joe fought him but with Vasquez he, he's a relentless pressure fighter who's going to come forward and he's going to put a lot of pressure on Joe so for Joe he's got that style where he can fight really well on the back foot it, it, I got, I've got a feeling this could be not a mirror performance of the Rakimov fight but I can see elements of how that fight could play out in a in a, in a similar fashion I'll be interested to, to see what Joe comes into the fight stance-wise as, as as whether he you know he, he sort of comes straight out and tries to take center ring or whether he allow Vasquez to come at him and and work off the back foot and work on the counters because he's really good at his shot selection and picking his punches Joe Cardina so is it is it an easier night for him doing that and allowing Vasquez to come in and using his defense and his movement to to evade the shots and parry some of them shots away or should he come out there, Johnston, and should he stamp his authority on the fight? And people might say Joe's a, a slightly bigger puncher, so has he got more of an opportunity to to hurt Vasquez and, and potentially put him down in this fight? He's got a size advantage uh, for me. Caldina's, you know, he's moved down this division because he wants that extra bit of power. And I feel that, you know, he, he's proven that he's got that, especially with the Ogawa fight. So Vasquez, you know what you're going to get with him. I don't think there's, there's not much there. Um... That he needs to um, really adjust his style in any way. I think, as you say, I think maybe fighting on the back foot, but you got to be careful because, you know, just look at the Raymond Ford fight. He fought that way, and Vasquez was relentless, although, you know, the judges gave it to Ford, as I say, really, really wide as well, which was terrible. But Vasquez is a pressure fighter. He's going to come at you. Yeah, he switches his stance, and Cordina's a very good fighter. He's a world class fighter. He's one of our best fighters, and he's, he's one of those guys where. He's in this in this situation in his life now where he could either look to unify titles and, and really cement his status as as one of our best fighters in this in this time. It's just a matter of a mental thing. Is it all about the, the money or is it about legacy? I mean that's that's a decision he has to make himself. And the fact he's fighting Monte Carlo makes me think it's probably more about money than anything else. But that's a side note. Look, Vasquez is gonna be I think he's gonna be a smaller guy and he hasn't got a big punch. The only danger for Caldina is, is he takes his eye off the ball. The other thing, I mean, he's had the Cardiff crowd behind him in the Rackhamoff fight, contender fight a year that as well. And that's going to inspire you and, and, and force you and push you on. And Ogawa was up for it. Bit of needle in the Rackhamoff fight. So it, there's motivation there. But I've got nothing wrong with fighters 
I'm say take a step down. I mean, Vasquez, he is. I, feel, I, feel, I still feel that he is. I feel like he's a good fighter. He's a contender. And if you don't, if you if if he takes his eye off the ball, he could get beat, and it could be a potential banana skin. But with the style that Vasquez brings, Caldina's has got enough in his locker to be able to deal with it. I think he might just work on the back foot maybe for the first few rounds, test his power. And I think he can hurt Vasquez. I do. Because he's going to keep coming forward. He's going to leave. There's going to be availability. There's going to be options and chances for Joe to land. And I suppose it's don't just land one shot. Follow it up with with a, a little combination with his two or three combinations. And just see how he takes them in the early stages. And then if he feels comfortable enough, then he can put the pressure on and, and really try and make a statement and go for the stoppage. Caldina's got it all though, isn't he, Sean? He, he can box well and he can punch now. We've, we've seen that. And he can take a punch. So for me, everything is in Caldina's court. Uh, he's not going to have that crowd behind him. It's not the best of... We, we said it just before we come on the show. It's Monte Carlo shows are just a bit dry. I've never been keen on them because of the fact that it's just a very mundane silent um, atmosphere. It's nothing like the Japanese. I mean, J- Japan can be quiet during fights and all you hear is the floorboards, but they're, they're always sort of in between rounds. They're quite loud with their applauds and stuff. But Monte Carlo's just like, I don't know, it's just a bunch of rich buds in it watching two guys beat each other up. <laughs> so I've just never been a fan of the atmosphere. So I don't know if that may play a part for Caldina, whether he may lower his... He might look at Vasquez and think, I can pick holes at this guy. So I suppose it's just a matter of Caldina not taking his eye off the ball and it could be a bad performance. I don't know. I think on the back of his last two, he's entitled to fight a guy that no one really knows. We've seen a bit of him. We know a little bit about this guy, Vasquez. We know what he's going to bring. Caldina knows what he's going to bring. If he brings his A game, he wins the fight. If he if he's anything less than a C, then uh, Vasquez could, could rob him here. Um, so it's a danger fight in a way, but it's just all about Caldina for me, Sean. I don't think Vasquez is going to really troubling that much because Caldina is world class mate uh, and Vasquez isn't well it's a, it's a good way of putting things I mean there's, there's there's different variables there's different outcomes that could potentially happen but I think ultimately we both feel the same in, in how we think the fight's going to go down and who the winner's going to be and as a side note as you mentioned there about the Monte Carlo shows I've never been a big fan of them shows either I don't feel like there's much of an atmosphere in there at all like you say it feels like a lot of rich people just sat there who were it's not so much that they're interested in the sport they're just there to say that they were at a fight do you know in monte carlo it feels a little bit like that so it does kind of take away an atmosphere when you've seen cordina fight rakimov and and, in cardiff and have these big fights like this and be on big cards and you know, I know he said he wants to be there and he wants to fight there and it's one of his desires to do that. Fair play to him, you know, to to, to, to wanting to do that and, and obviously doing it at a stage where I'm not saying it's a lighter fighter who he's facing, but ultimately, before he goes into a huge fight again, a unification fight potentially, he's got an option to keep himself busy against a guy who's going to keep him busy, who really he should be. And, and that's how we kind of see this fight going. And I think... When we look at the division as a whole, the division has got some really outstanding fighters in it at that top end. And we talked about Oshaki Foster's fight with Rocky Hernandez in our reaction show that was released only yesterday. Now, if you didn't see that fight, guys, then I suggest you go back and watch it because what it proved to me is that Oshaki Foster is absolutely no joke whatsoever. 
people might look at him and go, you know, where where has he come from? If you've not been following the US boxing circuit, you won't really have known of him until he picked up the WBC title. He defends it in, in one of the fights of the year, one of the rounds of maybe the year and maybe the last 10 years in round 11. And now it's putting some really potential mega fights on the table for this division. You've got Oshaki Foster, the WBC. Emmanuel Navarati, of course, is is a fantastic fight. And I, I think, you know, if I'm Joe Cardini, you'd be looking at that fight and thinking that that's the mega fight of the division. But then he's also probably looking at the Lee Wood fight because that makes logical sense with them both being from the United Kingdom. You know, it's a fight that can happen at Nottingham Forest football ground, which is where Lee Wood wants to fight. So, you don't know if that's where potentially that fight could happen and if that fight could happen after this one before Cordina moves forward into those even greater fights. But, you know, that would be a really good fight, him and Lee Wood, because you really couldn't count Lee Wood out of it, as we've seen in his most recent fight, of course, when we thought that was it, he was he was done for. But he actually comes back and, and absolutely demolishes Josh Warrington. So there's, there's lots of good fights in this division for Cordina. There is a risk, of course, with the Vasquez fight that if he takes his eye off the ball, if he is looking further forward in his career to what's potentially going to come, that someone like a Vasquez could bully him and could take this fight on points without him even realising. So there is a risk, of course there is, but you'd expect with the skills and abilities that Cardina has that he's going to be able to make this fight a comfortable victory for him. But this is boxing. This, 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 These things can change all the time. We know how these things go and we know how if a fighter takes his eye off the ball, I mean, look at Tyson Fury, of course, with his exhibition with Francis Ngannou, a fighter takes their eye off the ball, they put in a terrible performance and somehow scrape the way through it, all of a sudden they become a terrible fighter in the eyes of everybody in the world. I don't think he's going to take his eye off the ball, Cordina, for this fight. I think, he, I think he's going to win it pretty comfortably. I think it'll be competitive. It'll be a competitive fight to watch, but I think what you'll see is the, the punch selection of Joe Cardina and probably his movement and his combinations, uh, his physical advantages, for me, would take precedent in this fight. And that's why I think he wins this fight over a really game Vasquez who's going to come and try and do his best to upset the apple cart. So that that's our fight of the weekend. That is the one. It is quite slim pickings, isn't it, this weekend uh, with, in terms of what's going on. So... I think what we'll do is we'll just focus on that 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 top end of that super featherweight division, as I was just mentioning, Johnston, and I'm, I'm interested to find out what you think would be maybe a logical path now for those guys at the top of that division, those champions and those contenders, you know, that would involve Joe Cardina if, if he should go on to beat Vasquez this weekend. Well, for me, I mean, I would love to see, um, I, mean, I want him to get through this fight first and foremost, and and as I say, I'm not discrediting Vasquez. I feel like he, he will bring a lot of pressure and he causes problems. Uh, but he's a, he's a good opponent for Cordino. He's not one of those guys that's uh, just going to get demolished. So come through this. That's got to be the, the be-all and end-all for me. And then after that, you know, I think he needs to get straight back out there next year, quite early as he possibly can. Uh, I know that there's been murmurs of the wood fight potentially happening. Um, and uh, obviously... The city grand is being the spot being mentioned. I just, I mean, it's a difficult one with Cordina because for me, he's up there with our best, he's, he's our, some of our best fighters at this current, the current crop we have at the minute, Cordina's up there, top top of his game, really. Um, you think about it, I suppose, 
Um, I'm trying to think who, who else. Uh, Ed, one of the Edwards brothers, uh, Sonny Edwards. Sonny Edwards is probably the other guy uh, that I would say, in terms of boxing-wise, Cordina and Edwards are superb. Like they, they are fantastic to watch. They really are tremendous fighters. They do everything really well. Uh, and for me, it's just, I don't know, like with Cordina, could he... I feel, I feel that he should be looking at the Oshik Foster fight. I feel like he should be looking at the Emmanuel Navarrete fight. There's almost like a, when you see these top, top fighters, like, you know, when you think of Anua and Crawford, for instance, they do have fights against sort of contenders. But then when they, what they want to do more than anything is they want to take on the best and they want to prove they're the best in the division. And they have that mindset about them. Like what Joe Calzaghe had. Where he just had that mindset, where he was like, next challenge, I want the next challenge. It wasn't necessarily about, I could have a stadium fight and earn more money against the guy I potentially should be beating. Let's be honest, Caldino has all the fundamentals to beat Lee Wood. So it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. What do you do, Sean? As a fighter, you look at it and you think, you're going to get more money fighting Lee Wood in a fight you probably edge, you would edge Caldino for, 60-40, and you're going to earn more money from it. You're not going to get that legacy as such. You're going to get the British public and they love it. We're going to get behind it. But Oshik Foster, he's not going to get as much money, is he? Whether he fights over in America, whether he fights over in Cardiff, he's just not going to get the money that he'd get in the Lee Wood fight. Neither if he fought with Manuel Navarri as well. But for us as boxing fans, we would give him more credit for that. And it would almost be like that mindset of, like a Calzaghe mindset, like even a Cole Froch at times, I want to fight the best. I don't care how much money I'm generating. I want to clean up this division. And I just wonder with Cordina if he's in that mindset, you know, is is the carrot in front of him too big for legacy? I think I think he's choosing money over legacy. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, and I, I, But I do feel that he, he's potentially, those fights, Sean, I would love to see Oshik, uh, Oshik Foster. I'd like to see him fight him after that great performance last week. And Navarrete is another good fight. And they're two fighters, I believe, that Cordina's capable of winning. I don't know. Um, and, and they're the guys I want to see fight each other. Like in every division, we want to see the best fight the best. So I don't know what you, what's your opinion on that. I mean, that's how I see Caldino at the minute. I don't, I don't know. I look, I hope he gets his victory, goes on fights, word and then goes on a fight. So she Foster after while she or Navarrete maybe get it on. I think the thing we've not really mentioned is is the WBA champion is Hector Luis Garcia, and and I think when I think about the division at the moment, I I obviously salivate at the thought of the fights that we're mentioning but logically the way boxing seems to go sometimes you'd think that maybe that that would be a logical fight for Cordina then to pick up a second title in the division against the WBA super featherweight champion in Hector Luis Garcia now he hasn't defended that title that he won since August 2022 he had a fight earlier this year with Javante Davis in the lightweight division he challenged Davis for the WBA title and lost and got stopped in nine rounds earlier this year now he still holds the WBA title as it stands so there's a possibility that Cordina could go into this fight instead pick up the WBA title which then would be interesting because that would be more logical from a Lee Wood fight perspective because Lee Wood's obviously vacated his title in the featherweight division and already is in a position where he can fight for a WBA title straight away. They put him straight up in the rankings, don't they? That, that's the thing. When when you, you become a champion at a previous weight, this is what they do now, these organisations. like They'll automatically put him straight up there 
in a position to be able to then fight for the WBA championship. So it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if, you know, he gets through Vasquez, he has a good fight, he fights Hector Luis Garcia and wins that title. Then we get a bigger fight later on in 2024 between Lee Wood and Joe Cardina for the WBA and IBF titles. That that would have more value to it. That would have more money to it. The alternative here is the potential that Lee would go straight in and challenges Hector Lewis Garcia and he fights for the WBA title first. And then maybe we get the IBF title with Cordina, the WBA title with Lee Wood up in the super featherweight division, and then we get the fire, the city ground. I'm just kind of fantasy booking things here at the moment, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, in, in my makes, mind... That makes perfect sense. That, that, that there, I think, makes perfect sense where Wood goes on, fights Hector, Lewis Garcia, and then... Call Dino after this fight because I do think he wins this. Unless he takes off, well, he won't, but he will win it. I just generally believe he will. He needs to get out early. You can have these fights against contenders, but you want the big ones early. Get get O'Sheik Foster then. Push for that fight. Push for Navarrete. And I know you've got the risk of losing your IBF title, but then you even in then, if Caldina could take one of them while Wood is taking on Hector, he picks up a WBA, and then you got Caldina against he's fighting a unification fight against Navarrete or a Foster. Then he there's potential three belts on the on the line for a summer fight. That's what we that's what we were talking about the other day about the inactivity of fighters. We want to see active fighters. There's no problem with after the two tough fights he's had. I know Ogawa was an easy fight in the end, but that was a tough fight for him, believe it or not, guys. And then the other one, obviously Rakimov, is entitled to have this type of fight against a guy that really shouldn't be he posing threat, but he shouldn't really be posing much problem. Then he has that opportunity to maybe fight for a unification while Wood gets a great opportunity because he will I mean in an ideal world I think I think they probably the WBA probably pushed that Sean you're right mate with Wood Wood and Garcia yeah I think I think that, that that looks logical to me I mean even though I'm looking at the WBA rankings at the moment and Lee Wood's not in there yet uh, he's not showing in the super featherweight division as yet he obviously is st- he's, he's still he's still showing um, the WBA clearly haven't updated their rankings on their website because I'm looking at him still as the featherweight world champion, even though it's been confirmed a couple of weeks ago that he's vacated that title. So I would imagine when they update their rankings that he will be right up there and that would put him in a position to say, actually, we can look down the list, even if he's not instated as the mandatory challenger for Hector Luis Garcia's title, he might be put right at the top end where... It can be made, it can be negotiated, the WBA will sanction it because obviously it's a guy who was their former champion in the previous division. It makes logical sense for them to do it that way. So this is how these things could go, guys. We could end up seeing uh, big unification fights involving Wood with a title behind him against Joe Cardina with a title behind him, of course. But that's also going off the assumption that he beats Garcia Leewood if he fights him. And I think that'd be a difficult fight for him, to be honest with you. I don't think that's that, that fight with Garcia is an easy fight for Lee Wood, and that would certainly that would certainly give us a, an entertaining night indeed. And, and and that's on the basis that he has to go in there and, and beat him, of course. So there's a lot of good possibilities with the division at the moment. And I think whilst it's a big fight preview on the fight this weekend where we kind of feel solidified that Cardine is going to win it, there's still a lot of good things potentially that could come in this division with some of these fights. I'm I'm quite I'm quite excited at the thought that these next twelve months, eighteen months, could really provide us with some some entertaining fights. And if you think about it, Gary Russell Jr., who had the WBC title, fought once a year 
he fought like five times in five years, once a year. It was his annual fight. He was holding that title to ransom. When you look back on it now, he was holding it to complete ransom. And you look at, you know, obviously Oshaki Foster, who's picked up that victory and got the title. And now he's in the position, you know, where actually he's the one defending it. He's the one moving forward in his career. He's the one that is actually showing us that we, we want these all action, these all action great fights. I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely excited for what could happen in this super featherweight division. I'm with you. I mean, you still got old um, Oscar Valdez. I think he'll have something to say in this division as well. Um, if if he just if he can maneuver himself into a shot, because I, I rate Valdez um, massively. I think you know he, he just come up against a, a tremendous fighter in um, in Shakur. So he's another guy that you could throw in a mix that could that could quite easily hold a world title in this division. Um, so it's yes, exciting times. It really is. And I, I mean, the hope for us being obviously on these shores you know we, we do tend to root for our guys um so a, a potential Caldina fight and would fight I'll be happy for that you know I'll be happy to see it I just want to see Caldina in another big fight literally straight after this I mean it's it's this it's, it's October end of the month you've got November you can have Christmas off and you can come back in March I know that would delay it maybe I mean they like to have these summer fights sort of in July didn't they the June July so I don't really want to see Caldina out of the ring for six months while they build up the wood fight. I don't. I, I'd rather see him back out in a big fight and then push a potential another fight with Wood in this at the city ground in the summer. And and even if Caldina was to fall short against Navarrete or Foster, I still believe that Wood fight's still there. You know what I mean? And he can still earn the money. He's still quite young as well. You got to remember Caldina. So, and I do honestly believe he's one of our top fighters at the moment. Um, and he's proved it in his last couple of fights. Just want to, I want to see him active. I always want to see fighters active. Isn't that, I like a big fight. I like a challenger, a real challenge against a contender. And then maybe you can have your little layoff fight. Three fights a year, please, guys, please. Well, let's see what happens. I'm going to correct myself as well, actually. I, for some reason, I was thinking Gary Russell Jr. was in super featherweight. He was in featherweight, weren't he? He was in featherweight. He held the title. So I'm thinking like when Oshaki Foster picked up the title, but prior to him... Picking up the title, it was Gary Russell Jr. that was holding it at the time. It, it wasn't. Ray Vargas, he fought for the vacant version of the title. That, that was the fight I was thinking of. But for some reason in my head, I was thinking Gary Russell Jr. I just remember him holding up that title for for, for so long. Obviously, Shakur had the title at one point, if you remember rightly. Last year, he, he held the title um, when he had the fights with Oscar Valdez and Robinson Conte Sau as well. And then Miguel Bachel, of course, held it for for a long period of time. I was thinking it was this particular division that Russell was in. It wasn't, it was the featherweight division. So I'm correcting myself before anybody sits there and goes, oh, you've got it, you've got it completely wrong. Um, it's just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they jump up and down. These fights jump up and down divisions. Sometimes it's tricky. I mean, even Goldini, you know, he was in the division above. He's dropped back down again. It's, 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 it's just... Uh, I mean, look at Davis. He's the worst for it. You, don't use, you can't follow what, 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 what weight Davis is going to fight next. It just depends on how he feels, I think. Uh, yeah. You'll forgive him, mate. This end. I'm, sure, I'm sure the listeners will forgive you. Well, you can't forgive us for the lack of boxing this weekend. You have to point the fingers in the directions of everybody else. I know this weekend's a bit stale, guys, but there are other fights that we are going to mention that are happening over the weekend. There is a card in Miami which features the WBC vacant cruiserweight title that Badu Jack formerly held after he beat Alunga Makabu 
ironically, Alunga Makabu is actually fighting for this title once more against Noel Givor Mikulayan. On that card, on the undercard, Trevor Bryan, the man that Daniel Dubois beat to win that version of the WBA Heavyweight Championship, is also on that particular card. But then there is another card as well at the Tahoe Blue Event Center in Lake Tahoe, which features a couple of good fights indeed. Now, we don't actively and avidly follow the US boxing scene. I know of a few of these fighters that I'm about to mention that are on this card this weekend. I've seen a few of the fights, but it's not something I actively tune into covering the UK scene predominantly. I do get a a sort of waft of some of these fighters through other people that we know within this sport. But on that card this weekend is uh, two really, really good fights. Two fights featuring undefeated fighters. You've got Raymond Muratala, 18-0, against Diego Torres Nunes, 18-0, which I think will be a contender for fight of the weekend. You know, we were, maybe we wasn't expecting Oshaki Foster and Hernandez to be the fight of the weekend. Last weekend, I think this Muratala and Nunes fight is probably going to be the one of the weekend for me. On paper, it's got the, the ability to be a, a really stunning fight. And then on that card as well, you've got 18-0 Henry LeBron versus William Foster III in the super featherweight division. Ironically, 18-0 versus 16-0 on this particular card. So there's two really, really hot fights that could really turn into to, to one of those weekends where when it feels very stale, it actually could turn out to be one of them really, really good weekends in the sport. And finally, another mention on that card is the heavyweight Effie Jagba also in action in a 10-rounder against Joseph Goodall. But we've got some interesting fights that maybe you guys listening are not necessarily tuned into. Unless you follow a lot of the American boxing scene, you might know of these fighters. But, you know, after looking a little bit further into some of the previous fights of these guys, I'm actually looking forward to seeing the uh, Miratala and Nunes fight. I think that's the one for me that will probably... It's got the potential to, to live up to the fight we've just seen this previous weekend. Yeah, absolute bangers. Uh, Diego Torres, Nunes. Um, 17 knockouts and 18 fights. Uh, yes, uh, you're always going to look at the credibility of his opponents, of course. But not, not that bad. Uh, well, I say that. I mean, some of them were probably there laid up for the knockout. But, you know, he fought on the Mexican scene. You've got to remember that, you know, when you look at a guy, say, for instance, in one of his fights here, at Segulian, he had a 39, 14 and 1 record. He knocked him out in one round. Do we know much about him? Probably not. But what we do know, and the one thing you must always remember, is when it does come to the Mexican circuit, that is a challenge on itself, no matter who you're fighting. I'm sure there's plenty of Mexican fighters out there that have won half and lost half of their fights, but are still considered to be dangerous fighters. Uh, so for, for Diego Torres Nunes to be doing that, that's just to me, um, this guy is definitely one to keep an eye out for. And I know that. He's a young lad. I mean, he's only 26, middle 20. So um, definitely one to look over. And the, the Murat, uh, Muratella, I mean, he's knocked out 15. I think we'll... we'll <laughs> It's obvious where this fight's going. Uh, this is going to be uh, literally either someone's going to get blown out in the first round, or it's going to be a war for four or five rounds. But yeah, definitely one to look out for. And obviously a Jaguar back in action uh, against Goodall as well, and, and LeBron and Foster the third. I mean, decent fights. I mean, the one thing I would say is uh, not Shinga uh, on the undercard for Joe Caldina going back to Monte Carlo. Uh, not Shinga, the South African against Corel. Uh, definitely watch that one. Not Shinga's a young South African fire. He's 
I really like him. Um, last year when we um done our end of war, uh, uh, sorry, end of year show, uh, we we mentioned Colin Nathan and his uh and his rally cry against Flores for not singer with the, you got six minutes. He was doing his little Angelo Dundee, so uh, that's how not not singer sort of come onto the scene for us. So for those that are going to be watching the Caldina fight, you don't know too much about not singer. Um, he's definitely a, a, a really good fighter. He's, he's 24, South African. You know, the, you can imagine what his background was like coming through South Africa. And um, yeah, Carell is a fighter he should be beating, but he picked up that title against Flores, defended it at home against uh, Sanang, Sanang Bob, uh, if I'm pronouncing his right, his name correctly there, probably not. But um, yeah, I would recommend anyone to have a look at Not Singer. I think he comes through this one. Um, against a tough Mexican again on the Mexican circuit. You can't always underestimate these fellas. Uh, but yeah, definitely look at that one before the, the main event. Um, I think that might actually be a bit better than the main event. Uh, saying that, I'm not going to completely write off Cordina's opponent, obviously, another Mexican in Vasquez who's, who's going to bring something. So yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not many fights, Sean, but it, not many cards, I should say. But there's some decent fights though, isn't there? I think the quality of, of some of the fights that are on this weekend have, have got that potential to to be really, really... You know, this. well, what I'm trying to get at here is if, if you're going to put yourself in the limelight, this would be the weekend to do it because because there isn't any yeah. massive, massive cards on, because the weekend isn't overshadowed by a Tyson Fury card or a Canelo card or uh, a YouTuber card, you know, because it's not overshadowed by something else, this would be the weekend for those guys to, to really excel and, and put on the best performances of their lives because this would be the weekend where potentially there will be other promoters out there, managers, that will be wanting to sign a lot of these guys up if they're not already contracted you know, this would be the weekend where a lot of these guys could really make big names for themselves and, and it translates mainstream because if you don't follow all these different circuits across the world, it is it is really difficult to keep up with it all, 100%. You know, we're predominantly UK-based. Uh, we cover a lot of the UK shows, pretty much all of them. We cover some of the main American shows as well and we do have different people on from across the pond as well. However, it's really difficult for us to try and keep up with everything that's going on on more than one circuit. So... You know, some of these fighters, we've seen a few of their fights, but we haven't followed their careers in its entirety. And they're starting to be introduced to us through the means of better technology and, and the way we can actually watch a lot of these fights. And then that's the one thing I will say about streaming platforms is it has actually given us the ability to be able to tune in to some of these fights where possibly it wouldn't have been able to have been done before. So, you know, when you're tuning into a lot of these guys that we're mentioning, it's, it's a lot more accessible now than what it once was to be able to do so so definitely tune into it because there's no big marquee fights on this weekend obviously people are thinking yeah, it's, it's one of them sort of layup weekends it's, it's not so much a layup weekend if you go and tune into the fights that we've mentioned over the weekend i don't think you're going to be disappointed in them i just think because there's no major major worldwide names fighting this weekend i think that's what makes it a little bit you know, it's a bit of a come down when you get like big weekends where, you know, despite what I might think about YouTube boxing, when you get worldwide names such as like Logan Paul and KSI and all them lot, people are all buying into it and it's all it's all sort of crossing over. But it's guys like this this weekend that kind of get left in the shadows a little bit when you've got absolutely 100% talented fighters that are in really big fights in their careers and people are kind of thinking, ah, oh, probably not going to tune in this weekend because there's not that much on. And that's kind of what kills boxing off a little bit at times as well, with stuff like that happening. But definitely tune into some of these fights this weekend. I'm, I will be doing, I'm looking forward to it. And of course, 
we are going to be back next week covering our thoughts and feelings on it and we should be producing our final career profiles episode uh it's a two-parter it's a two-parter of course so we've got one last two-parter to go uh we should be producing that we hopefully should that out to you next week as well and and then we'll be preparing for our legendary night series which we've again i think i said that a couple of weeks ago to you guys we have got our list prepared of the 10 episodes that we are going to be documenting we will be looking to do an after show as well for each episode and we'll try and see if there's any fights where we could potentially get any special guests on we managed to secure maybe one, maybe two per season. So I'm going to try and get a couple of guests onto the show to support the season. But that's going to be the last series-based content show of the season, uh, of the year for us. And then we'll be starting to work on the next series of Darker Side of Boxing going into 2024. Uh, Johnston, any final thoughts from yourself uh, with regards to the weekend, with regards to, obviously, the series that we've got coming up? Uh, any thoughts and feelings? Uh, any comments on any of the comments that we've actually had uh, recently? Because we've had some really nice comments on, on Spotify. And, in fact, I, what I'll do, guys, is I'll read out one that we had uh, only yesterday that I picked up on, which I sent to yourself, Johnson, on WhatsApp. And I thought, yeah. it was, uh, it, you know, it was a really, really nice comment. So I am going to read it out, actually. So... Uh, I'm going to give a big shout out to Kevin John Andrews, who a few days ago put a comment on our episode on Spotify for Shooting the Breeze. And this is what he said. He said, I have quite a few boxing podcasts and this is up there with my boxing news podcast with Matt Christie and Alex Steedman. Thank you, guys. I like your honesty. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you for commenting. It's a, it's quite a humbling comment to be compared to obviously one of the the, the, the mainstays of British boxing in terms of boxing news and Matt Christie is, is really nice to pick and sort of put in that same comparison given how respected he is and also how honest he is. I, I do actually think, Johnson, I like to think that we, we kind of keep the same level of integrity as what he does and that's the one thing I like about Matt is he keeps his integrity with regards to how he feels about the sport. He doesn't have an agenda because he runs a magazine he doesn't have that agenda. He says what he feels and he says it in a really professional way. Might not be as professional on this podcast, but he certainly has the same level of integrity as us and he certainly addresses the same issues that we do. And it's it's nice when people like yourself, Kevin, put them comparisons in. Yeah, Matt Christie's, a, I've always enjoyed uh, reading many of his articles and obviously I do like uh, Boxing News. Is, boxing News is probably one of the, the best, you know, you look you look at some of the uh, boxing when you when you stick boxing news in your Google search, and it comes up with the same old sort of uh, online uh, companies, and and um, boxing news is always the one to go to. It's, it is generally honest. They don't they don't tend to side with any fighter, any production team, any promoter. They say as it is, and and you know that's that's the one thing I've learned from them reading their article, their many of their articles, and and as you say, Matt Christie, the way he speaks, the way he delivers things, hundred percent a lot more articulate than I am, um, and could probably put it in a in a more subtle way than I do. Um, sometimes throwing in the odd S and F bump, but you know I can't help that. Um, sometimes you know we're not in that field; we are just fans, and we have a love for the sport and its history. Hence, why we do these things with our career profiles and. You know, the fact that Tyson Fury and, and Gardo didn't really excite me, but the thought of watching uh, Floyd Patterson and uh, 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 Ram, I can't remember the guy's name. Raidermaker, uh, Peter Raidermaker. Raidermaker, Peter Raidermaker. Ray, 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 that actually um, 
I, I was more fascinated to rewatch that in 1957. <laughs> uh, a bit of a flipping geek, really, when you think about it. Boxing geek when it comes to history. But you can learn a lot from the history of the sport. And Matt Christie's certainly one of those guys. He's, you know, he, he plugs a lot of his old writers and the old organisers of that magazine. And he, he, he sends out some old stuff as well. So, yeah, that's that's... I mean, what a nice comment that is to be to to even be mentioned in the same breath as, as someone like that and, and that show in particular. Uh, but I suppose the one thing talking about old history and old box, I mean, the one thing that stands out to me this weekend, Sean, is you got a Don King Productions card in Miami, and obviously you got Bob Arum still knocking about a pair. But Bob Arum <laughs> clearly has the better card and the better fighters. Um, probably dozes off every day and enduring them, but Don King's still going. I mean, is he 90-odd now? I mean, he's yep. incredible, isn't it? This guy's still knocking about, producing cards, nowhere near the level he had. He used to, but, you know, he's still there, and then you've still got the young Eddie Earn, uh, obviously, in uh, doing his Monte Carlo show. So, when you look at it, I think Bob Arum comes out on top this weekend on promoter-wise in terms of their card. Um, but, yeah, I'd say uh, Eddie's probably a close second, and, you know, Don's just doing his thing, isn't he? Don, he's just doing his thing indeed. That man will be promoting from the grave when he's no longer with us. He'll still be, he'll be, he'll still get out a few cards for after the funeral. I guarantee it. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. As long as nobody turns up with a briefcase full of cash, yeah, we should be all right. And confronts you in the toilet, you should be okay. You should be absolutely okay. Uh, but you know what, guys? It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Thank you for your comments on Spotify, on social media, for sharing, for liking across social media. And if you don't know where to find us, you can do that at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can subscribe to us on YouTube where we place all of our series-based content. And sometimes we do put Big Five previews up on there. But we know a lot of you guys listen to us through the audio formats. So we'd prefer to just stick to that where we can and where possible. And please make sure that you get ready for the next Career Profiles episode, which is due out very shortly. And again, as I said earlier, Legendary Nights will also be coming as well in a few weeks' time. Please get yourselves prepared for the next season of that. But that is it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to the Big Fight Preview on BTR Boxing Podcast Network. Podcast Network.